my name is Maddox Mathis. I am a member of Lewis County REC, and I like it like them because they give us power. Welcome to the Power for Your Life podcast, where we focus on energy efficiency, the value of electric cooperative membership, and safety around electricity. I'm Daryl Lindsay, your host. Today is the final of our special episodes on what it takes to have a balanced power generation mix. My guest today is Brent Ross, Managing Director of Environmental Health and Safety for Associated Electric Cooperative in Springfield, Missouri. Associated Electric Cooperative generates wholesale electricity to six regional and 51 local electric cooperative systems in Missouri, Southeast Iowa, and Northeast Oklahoma that serve more than 910,000 members. Brent, thanks for joining me today. We've been talking about balance in this series now. The picture we've painted is one of a three-legged stool for each of the elements of balance generation. There is reliable, affordable, and responsible power generation. Today our focus is on providing responsible electricity. It's been said that people who live and work in rural America are the original environmentalists. Share if you would, Brent, how environmental stewardship is important to Associated Electric. Well, Darrell, thanks for having me today. Um, I think stewardship is an interesting word because for me, stewardship is all about taking care of the valuable things and the blessings that you've been given. And I think Associated has um, taken that to heart. And we've certainly been given a lot of uh, responsibility, a lot of trust from our member owners and a lot of blessings to to live and to serve in Missouri, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Iowa uh, and have generation assets there. And so we want to be uh, responsible for that and, and to um, show our member owners that uh, they've done a good job and entrusting um, us with those assets. I think Associated over the years has been uh, mindful of the environment and been good stewards of the environment. Um, when Associated was first started uh, over 50 years ago, one of the first power supplies that, that they received was from the federal government through the, the hydro uh, dam generation uh, projects. Uh, some of the very first renewable projects um, on co-op systems. I think we've had board of directors uh, that have made long-term decisions, and you can see that uh, early on uh, before any other uh, utilities and certainly co-ops were investing in natural gas uh, generation um, associated was making that commitment. And um, making those decisions is not always easy. There's always um, a lot of... Uh, back and forth when you're dealing with environmental issues. Um, but um, those long-term commitments and those long-term projects have certainly paid off over the years for us. I think you see that again when Associated was an early uh, entrant into uh, wind generation uh, in our service territory. That's another thing that Associated has done well and showed good stewardship as we try to build long-term relationships with other uh, utilities, other um, companies in the utility world, and try to use those long-term relationships to 
to be early adopters when we can. Um, I think though the, the stewardship really comes down to a feeling of responsibility and associated feeling like um, that you have to have a balance of generation options and that allows you um, to respond to different regulations, different markets. And when you do that, not only does it make you uh, more responsible as a corporate citizen, but quite honestly, it's a great business decision. And I think our board realizes that. So sometimes we get into the trap that if you do something good for the environment, it's bad for the business. But quite honestly, making some of those early commitments has given us some flexibility and, and, and was a pretty good uh, business decision. One thing about our environmental philosophy is there's really two parts to that. One, uh, we have a responsibility as a corporate citizen, but we also have, we live here as, as members of the community as well. And everybody who works at Associate Electric um, wants clean air and clean water. So we have a big incentive to be good stewards of the environment. The water that we take into our plants uh, we discharge back out into the lake and re we reuse it again. So the last thing in the world that we want is dirty water, uh, one, uh, for the lake because our member owners use that lake. So we want to be good stewards uh, for them. But also we have to reuse that water back into the plant to make more generation. Likewise on the air. We don't want to emit to the air and foul the air because we're going to use that air again, not only for our member owners to breathe, but we're also going to use that air again as we bring it into the plant and make uh, make more electricity. So, you know, we're a corporate citizen, but we're also personal citizens and we want to take care of the environment for both reasons. We all know that it takes money to comply with federal regulations. How much has Associated Electric invested to reduce air emissions? Yeah, we spent a lot of money. We spent to date around one point one billion dollars, B billion. Um, for a kid who grew up in Southwest Missouri, just saying billion is a little bit scary. But yeah, that shows the commitment of our board and our member owners. You know, some of that investment went towards closing some of the mine uh, properties we had around the Thomas Hill Energy Center. Once again, I, I mentioned some of these decisions aren't easy, and that was certainly a, a very difficult decision for Associated uh, for the workers there around the area. We switched, closed that mine so we could switch to some low sulfur coal to meet uh, the requirements of the Clean Air Act uh, amendments uh, that came about in 1989. Part of that expense too is also we installed selective catalytic reduction. Uh, we call it SCR for short. It's a lot easier to say uh, to reduce nitrogen oxides when they get into the atmosphere, uh, reduce smog. And over the years, we those two uh, large investments um, have helped us reduce sulfur dioxide, you know, from our coal units by about 88%, 88 to 90%, and the nitrogen oxides coming out of our plants has been reduced by about 75% since we made those investments. And as it turns out, uh, getting that coal, uh, low sulfur coal from the Powder River Basin in Wyoming uh, turned out to be a pretty good business decision. So once again, I think we need to uh, get out of the trap that sometimes spending money for environmental reasons is always a bad business decision. Because as it turns out for us, a lot of times it's been, uh, it's been beneficial. You mentioned the SCR equipment. Describe the function of that equipment. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, basically, it's, uh, you build a big metal box and you get a couple of uh, large tanks of anhydrous ammonia and uh, some catalyst. 
And so you reroute the flue gas from the plants through the metal box, and it uh, has a chemical reaction with uh, the catalyst and the anhydrous ammonia, and basically turns uh, that nitrogen oxide back into uh, oxygen and water. Um, and so that is one of the control mechanisms uh, that we use to reduce NOx. And um, along with that, though, and I, and I didn't even mention this, is there's other technologies that uh, we clean up the flue gas before it even gets to the SCR. We have something called overfired air, uh, and we do a lot of tuning of our units. So one of the keys to environmental performance is making sure you're operating your units efficiently so you're uh, having a better um, a flame or fire in the, in the units. And so what that does is it makes the flue gas a lot cleaner. So it's a lot easier to clean up. And once again, if you do that though, uh, you're burning less fuel, you're making lower cost electricity. So in layman's terms, this is similar to the catalytic converter on our car? That's exactly what they are, except the box is a little bigger uh, and we do inject um, anhydrous ammonia where in catalytic converters, uh, they use other chemicals. Great technology to help keep our air clean but it does have a significant investment. Associated Electric was Missouri's first utility to provide large-scale wind power. Let's take a short break and when we come back, Brent will talk more about that, plus how more wind energy is being added when we return. America at work. From farms to construction sites to factories, millions of people operate tractors and heavy equipment every day to help keep America strong and growing. When operating dump trucks or equipment with booms or other extensions, watch out for overhead electric lines. Make sure there's adequate clearance because coming in contact with those lines can result in a tragedy. For more safety information, visit safeelectricity.org. Discover the value of your co-op membership. Visit membersfirst.coop today. Electric cooperatives are not like other utilities. We know your community is important to you. In fact, it's one of our guiding principles, concern for community. Your electric cooperative is involved in the community by supporting schools and youth and safety education programs as well as other events. We live here too, and we care about our members and our community. Discover the value of your co-op membership. Visit membersfirst.coop today. Energy saving tip number 88. Monitor your home's relative humidity in the summer. If it consistently stays in the 60% range or higher, Ask your HVAC technician about lowering your central air conditioning unit's indoor fan speed. with more of the Power For Your Life podcast. Today's guest is Brent Ross with Associated Electric Cooperative. 
And before the break, Brent was explaining the costs required to comply with complex environmental regulations. While those are necessary for compliance, so is a balanced, diverse generation mix. One element in that mix is wind power. Brent, how does this resource fit into Associated's mix? Yeah, we, we received uh, some proposals early on in, in the 2000s to put wind on our system. And um, we were such a coal-heavy company at the time. I didn't think we knew what to do with those. At that time, we were generating about 80% of our energy from coal. But our board uh, looked at those proposals and our internal staff and, and um, thought it was a good time to diversify. So in 2007, we entered into our first agreement for a wind project in uh, northwest Missouri. And I think this gets back to the board and the senior leadership's philosophy over time is to have a lot of diversity. And it's really no different than having diversity in your 401k or in, in anything in your life. Um, it typically gives you a lot of flexibility um, and it makes you uh, healthier. So what that wind has done, um, bringing it onto our system, and I, I do have to mention that throughout the next few years, we brought on additional wind. So now we have over 1,200 megawatts of wind, which is about the same size as one of our coal plants. So New Madrid Power Plant or Thomas Hill is a little over 1,200 megawatts. So we have equivalent wind generation. Um, so there, the problem with the wind, and if you look at the generation data, that first uh, wind project that I was talking about last year, it had about a 35 uh, actually 24% capacity factor. So of that 50 megawatts, only about 24% of the time um, did, it, did it generate. And sometimes you don't know when it's gonna generate. We're learning more about um, forecasting wind and trying to predict when it's going to be running. And so what we're trying to do now at Associate is incorporate that into our overall fleet management. And we're seeing the costs go down and so we're also learning how to operate those wind farms with our traditional coal and natural gas generation. So in the electric generation world, you have uh, base load and you have peak load. Um, wind isn't really considered a base load. Uh, we've always relied on our coal plants to, to supply that base load. But when the wind is cycling and going up and down, that also means we have to cycle the more um, and we also have to turn gas plants on uh, more frequently than we might have uh, in other times. So it's a valuable resource. Um, the uh, environmental impacts of the wind are less. Uh, that's not to say that wind generation doesn't have any environmental impacts. Uh, any kind of generation that is um, developed has some kind of environmental impact. It's just to a different degree. So. It gives us a lot of flexibility and it gives us uh, generation uh, with fewer environmental impacts. So it's important and as we're seeing in the industry and expect to continue that wind will be a bigger part of our generation mix. We're learning how to run the grid and the system uh, based on that intermittent generation from the wind farms. But with that said, if you look at um, our generation mix, 12% of our member load was served by the wind generation. So our members, um, 20 years ago when I started here at Associated, they were getting 0% of their generation from uh, wind resources. And last year they're getting 12% and we expect that to continue to go up. Uh, likewise, um, I mentioned the uh, 50 years ago when Associated started, they, um, 
they were uh, taking electricity from the hydro project, some of the first renewables that we really knew about. And if you look at the data for our member owners last year, um, we were getting 9% of their generation was coming from those hydro projects, which it fluctuates from year to year, but 9, 10% is probably a good uh, average over those years that we're getting from hydro. So if you count those two together, 25, 22 to 25% of the generation uh, is coming from renewable sources for our member owners. And so that shows the commitment that Associated has to have that diverse generation mix of having coal, natural gas, and renewables um, to give us a lot of flexibility and to make sure that uh, our members have reliable power. And how does solar fit into the mix? I think solar is really kind of taking the same path as wind, only maybe a decade later. We're seeing more and more interest in solar. Uh, there's different types of solar. There's residential solar. Uh, there's commercial scale solar. Uh, as you can imagine, um, as for economies of scale, the commercial solar projects are a little cheaper. Um, we'll have to learn how to manage those assets because of the intermittent uh, generation from those assets. Uh, cloudy days uh, at night, uh, it's going to be very difficult to get uh, generation from those solar projects. Associated's environmental stewardship is not new. Talk about some of the award-winning innovations that have been implemented in the past. Yeah, I mentioned earlier when we closed the coal mine up at uh, around Thomas Hill Energy Center and the difficult decision that was, and you can't just walk away from a coal mine. And we've been working with the Office of Surface Mining uh, since we closed that and also um, the Land Reclam Reclamation Program in Missouri with the Missouri Department of Natural Resources. And over the years, we've been able to develop a lot of innovative techniques to reclaim that property. And we really have to leave that property just like we found it so it can be used again. And, and so it can be um, a lot of that land now is farmable. Uh, we have people uh, that use it for recreation, fishing. Um, and so we're proud of that record, but we are still in the process of reclaiming that uh, mine property. One of the things that we have done is been able to beneficially reuse our coal ash uh, to reclaim that. So when you do mining operations, you essentially are digging a big hole in the ground and we have to fill that hole up and put good soil on top of it. And then uh, we typically put it back in pasture land so we can at least use it for grazing cattle. Sometimes um, we'll uh, develop it for other sources. But over, because we've been able to beneficially reuse that ash material, um, it has caught, cut the cost for our member owners to reclaim that. But it also has uh, brought on recognition by the Office of Surface Mining for uh, innovative ways to reclaim land and get, get it back to where it's usable uh, for our member owners. Managing generation resources and making investments to ensure land, air, and water are protected. That is Associated Electric's commitment. Brent Ross from Associated Electric Cooperative, thank you for sharing insights on environmental stewardship. Thanks for listening to the Power For Your Life podcast. To learn more about this topic and other safety, efficiency, and energy technology information, contact your local electric cooperative or visit us on the web at membersfirst.coop. You can also follow us on social media at facebook.com slash membersfirstcooperatives, pinterest.com slash membersfirst, 
or instagram.com slash members first. If you have a question or topic you would like us to consider for an upcoming episode, email us at membersfirst at aeci.org.